Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. What's up, everybody? My name is Tim Stoddart. This is Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's date is December 3rd, 2017. I got Colin in the studio again. What's up, Colin? What's up, Timmy? All right. I know you're dying to hear this story. story. (laughs) Can we just talk about the fact that you rolled into the office today on an electric skateboard? It's a boosted board. It's called a boosted board. I'm serious. I sent that picture to one person and one person only, and I'll give you one guess as to what the response was. Figures, that's Tim. (laughs) That's the least surprising thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Well... (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because this is going to be another reaction where you're going to say, what the fuck, Tim, that kind of shit would only happen to you. So me and Jules are ready to go out last night. This speaker's in the way, huh? Me and Juliana are ready to go out last night. We're going to West Palm to get some dinner. And uh, Where were you going to dinner? You ever been to The Alchemist? Yes. It was delicious. Very good. Yeah, it took forever, though. The wait, the, it took like 45 minutes to get an appetizer. Anyway, I enjoyed it. So she's putting on makeup. She's running behind because she can't find her makeup bag and because she's a female. And so I'm just kind of putzing around, trying not to get in her way to make the situation worse, right? Mm-hmm. And I hear this noise out front. And there's a really weird noise. And I'm like, Jules, you hear that? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you don't hear that noise. She's like, no, I don't hear anything. So I go over to my front door. And this noise is like... I thought it was a cat. You know how when cats get like fur balls and they're trying to cough it up? Yeah, it's like, like a ah, weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I thought it was that. And so I'm getting a little bit freaked out too because there's a, a family of raccoons that live in the <coughs> the house in the yard next door to me. So I get the flashlight open on my phone. I push the door open and immediately I kind of laugh at myself because as I turned on the flashlight and I opened the door, the shadow of the door was like movement. And it scared me because <laughs> I'm ready for it to be like some monster, right? So I go, shit, and I jump back. And I'm like, pull it together, Tim. So I go outside, and behind that little wall in my front yard, I hear this noise again. And then I start thinking, it's definitely a cat because that's where my neighbor's cat always hangs out. I take a couple steps. I see this figure walking in between Jules's car and my car. And it's about, I don't know this big like a little bit smaller than a football i guess and then it starts coming over to me so then i think it's a possum or i think it's a baby raccoon and i'm thinking oh man this thing's coming up to me and i kind of freeze for a minute it gets a little bit closer colin i'll give you one guess as to what it was baby alligator no but just as weird and you're gonna laugh even more when I tell you, it was a baby pig. What was it doing? Uh-huh. I, I want a baby pig so bad. Well, I have one now. Wait, you have a baby pig? <laughs> it's, it's in my house, yeah. Wait. <laughs> what? Yeah. Dude, I'm not kidding you. I'm, I was just as shocked as you are right now. So, Well, here's the thing. So Jesse wants, when we move, we want to get like a farm not a huge farm but like somewhere we can have like a barn and like some animals and stuff mm-hmm. and we want like a goat and everything but we really want a i pig. want chickens chickens are cool too yeah but we really want a pig there and this is why one the main reason why jesse has stopped eating pork is because she we've like she's been reading all about pigs and things like that and they're one of the smartest animals it's super there. smart they're super smart they're very affectionate they're very loving mm-hmm. pets and so we really really wanted a pig <laughs> Like really have wanted a pig. And the thing is with the pigs is there's no such thing as these like midget baby pigs. Well, that's the first thing that we started they're reading. All, they're all the same. They don't like, – if you get one that stays that small, it's – It's a, just a small pig. It's just a small pig or yeah. a breeding problem or it's a runt or something mm-hmm. like that. So like chances are you're going to have a human-sized pig. I'm well aware. And that was the first thing that we thought of. And Juliana's reading all this stuff. She's like, no, like – micro pigs or whatever they're calling them and baby pigs it's all like a marketing ploy i mean a a pig is a pig it's probably going to be they say like at minimum 50 pounds probably 60 70 so are you keeping the pig i i have no idea what to do with it right now 
Colin, it's tiny. Dude, I want it. <laughs> you can't have it yet. I want it. Let's see. It's so cool. If, if my wife finds out that you have a baby pig. Well, she's going to find out she's gonna freak soon out. when she listens to this. Well, she's, I'm going to find out in an hour because I'm going, I'm, I'll ride <laughs> on the back of your skateboard to your house. Here, I'll show you a picture of it. It's like brindle. You remember Dawkins had that brindle coat? Yeah. It's like the same thing. And well, the crazy thing was I stood there for a second and then it just walks right up to me and it looks at me and it kind of stops and I kind of stop. And then I just swung the door open a little bit more and it's like, yeah, sure. No problem. And it just walks right in the front door. And so I'm just standing there kind of in shock and Jules is still in like the workout room. So I'm like, Jules, uh, <laughs> come like, here. Like, did you, <laughs> like, and I'm picturing you like running around your yard trying to like catch him. Like you just grabbed walked. him. I didn't even grab. I just, I, I'm standing there like this because you know how there's like my front porch and then you kind of turn the corner and it stops at me and it looks at me and I'm just looking at it. I still got my left hand on the doorknob. And so then it kind of comes up a little closer and it sort of sniffs my foot and I just look down at it and I go like, uh, okay. And I just open the door a little and he looks up at me and then he just walks right in the front door. Stop. A baby pig. Just Send me walked. the picture of this pig. I'm, I'm getting it to you right now. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't even want to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> I want to go to your house. Why didn't you bring the pig here? Uh, because it's in my bathroom and it's sleeping. And here, uh, p- play this video. Keep the phone next to the mic so people can hear how ridiculous it is when it fucking oh chomps. Oh my god! Oh, you moved it. What are you doing, man? Hold on, I messed up. I'm yeah, sorry, sure people. Did. I don't have a password on my phone. Oh, you're so cool, Tim. I got nothing to hide, Colin. Hmm. All right, so continue. So, like, what are you gonna do with this baby pig? I don't know. One of my uh, one of my business partners, his name is Ray. He owns like a farm, and uh, he said, if worse comes to worse, like we could always figure something out. You know, he's got like goats and. I mean, after you see if I can. I can have that. But like it's so fun. It follows me around everywhere. It I don't look at this. I love hanging out with it. It's so cool. It's honestly one of the coolest animals. It's like damn near potty trained already. It it immediately knew to kinda go to the bathroom in like the corner, like away from where it sleeps and eats and lives and stuff. Um I brought it outside. It just kinda hangs out in the grass and digs up dirt and has a great time. Like we were just laying in the hammock this morning watching this cool ass little pig. Walk Does around he, my is he like affectionate or you know yeah he really likes being scratched underneath his neck behind oh, his ears uh, doesn't like getting scratched <laughs> yeah yeah so he loves that when you pick him up he makes a squealing noise like a real squealing noise it's pretty terrible to listen to him but i, I have a pig right now as of last night a correction <laughs> we have a pig. <laughs> no, man. correction we have a pig that's awesome, dude. Yeah, it was pretty cool. All right. So let's get on with the episode. We uh, are winging it a little bit today. I thought a cool idea would be over just to go through a little bit of uh, so this text message that you and I were sending with us uh, back and forth the other day. And basically, you know, instead of reading the text message, what we were talking about was how in this last year, how we both felt like we've really been growing and a big reason to do with that is because of the people that we've decided to surround ourselves with. I can definitely say that last year, um, although last year was also a really positive year for me, I found myself to the point where I was just sort of surrounded by the same people every day and nobody was really challenging me. And, uh, And this year, I've intentionally put myself around people that I feel, what? Send me the picture. Oh, of the pig? Yeah. Yeah, sure. That I feel have been... I told, um, I told my wife she's freaking out. She's like, where's the pig? <laughs> okay. Right now. Um, so we're just going to wing it on that. I mean, you agreed that the people that you surround yourself with... And it was also about like cutting other people out that may be holding you back. And I don't want to sound super ruthless with that, but that's like a part of it. You know, there were maybe some people that weren't bringing the most positive vibes into my life that I I had to slowly kind of pull myself away from. Mm -hmm. So given your experience and, you know, last time we talked and how far you've come, 
how much do you think the people that you surrounded yourself with has has played a role in like some of the positive outcomes of your life oh it's played the biggest role how so in my life i mean in your life in everyone's life that we know and i think it plays a huge role in a lot of people's lives it's who you surround yourself with yeah you know um you know i was actually talking to a couple other friends about this and just the kind of town that we live in and the city that we live in and how it's made up of you know, people in sobriety and, and, and things like that. And, you know, a lot of people come down here from out of state. And uh, it's kind of like a really, a really weird mix of just a ton of different people. And, uh, you know, when I first came down here, I was I, I hung out with a group of people, a group of friends that, you know, uh, at the time were people that, you know, I wanted to uh, to be associated with. And we were all trying to do the same thing. And we all had the same like future goals. And we all had the same kind of things in our life and mm. you know over time it just changes man isn't that like it just changes I, I, that's been a tough lesson to learn as i've gotten older yeah, and you said it was ruthless it's not ruthless yeah like uh, at the end of the day i i guess it does kind of sound ruthless but at the end of the day it's your life but here's the thing you I know think there's a difference between I think in like the progression of life, people, no matter how close you are at one point, can just sort of veer off in their separate ways. And I think that's fine because there's not necessarily like any animosity towards that. No. But I think there are also instances in my life where I've seen people that even though like I felt strongly about them and like I may have cared for them or appreciated their friendship or whatever, they were still more of like an intentional decision to kind of be like, okay, maybe like surrounding myself in this person isn't yeah making me grow or helping me benefit so you're right it's not ruthless because it's necessary it's necessary you know because it's still it's my necessary. life and like i gotta make the most of it while i'm here absolutely absolutely and like what do you want to do you know what i mean i look back and you know i don't wish any ill will on anybody there's no you know i'm fortunate enough to be at a point where it's just like there's no one that i really just like there's some people that i really just don't care for and don't like but i don't wish ill will on them yeah. or bad shit to happen to them mm -hmm. or, or or anything like that and I, I was talking to my wife about this last night and we were i, I forget how we got on it because there's always a sketchy subject when you start like bringing up like people you used to date and like stuff like that yeah and she was talking about someone that she used to date a while back and she was just like yeah i don't really i don't wish any ill will it was really bad and it ended really bad and it was just a, a lot of just really terrible stuff but i don't wish ill will on him i just you know, I want to see him do well. And if it wasn't for that experience, I wouldn't be where I am today. So mm -hmm. ultimately it was necessary. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's just like, I don't wish any ill will on them, but it's just like when you look at, you know, it, it's funny when you look at some of the people you used to associate yourself with, you're just like, what was I thinking? Well, I think what happens is that Tim Ferriss has this great quote, which I think he took from somebody else who has a great quote that like you are basically the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with most. Okay. So if you take those five people and you, you kind of mimic and find yourself all talking about the same things and you just sort of at that level. So yeah, I can look back and be like, what was I thinking? But the truth is that like me as a, per as a person, whether it's like my business or me as like, and, and, and my emotions or like how I thought about myself, I was like at that level, you know, I yeah. was at the level of the people that I was surrounding myself with. And then eventually you just kind of step up another level and you kind of step up another level. At least I do. I think unfortunately that the majority of the people in the world, or at least that I've seen prefer to surround themselves with people that don't make them uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I think people like to be in their sort of comfort well, zone. Well, people don't like to get called out. You know what I mean? Like if you're not doing the right if thing. If they're not you doing it. Yeah. I mean, that does You suck, like to be with a group important. of people who are all kind of doing the same thing and no one's really veering from the path and you like to kind of do your own thing and and stuff like that and and it's just weird man it's just weird like i look back at you know some of the people i used to be very 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 close with and it's just like you know you're still doing the same thing you were doing same 10 thing. years ago mm -hmm. not to say that that's really really bad in some cases it's pretty bad i mean coming from where we both came from yeah. if you're still doing the same thing you were doing 10 years ago there's a problem <laughs> you got a problem but it's just like even you know you're still doing the same stuff like, i feel why? that way when i go home sometimes yeah, that's the worst mm -hmm. when you like, run into somebody that's back home. I mean, Philly's a little different. Like, 
Philly's Philly where you're from you know what I mean the mm-hmm. city like stuff like that like if you don't leave Philly you're still in a major metropolitan city mm-hmm. but then right outside of Philly you're in like really nice areas of you know Pennsylvania and, mm-hmm. and places like that like if you don't leave Connecticut you're just like that's where, and that's where I'm from it's just it's just kind of like you go back it's such a small community it's such a small towns small schools like I was in middle school with the same like 22 or 23 kids for like eight years wow like not even more than eight kindergarten through eighth grade mm-hmm. you know and I it was just crazy and then you like run into people you're just like hey how are you they're less well, like that's we're, exactly the, we're okay mean. we're the same we were in you know 2001 like, that's exactly what i mean i weird. feel like everybody needs to have those experiences where their like little tiny world gets kind of fractured like the first time i ever had that was when i went to germany when i was in high school i went on like a big trip for a while to germany and I remember coming back and b- before we went there, they kind of gave us like a little lesson on culture shock. And I remember thinking like, I'm pretty open-minded. Like, I don't really think that any of that's going to bother me. However, when I came back home, the culture shock that I felt was like overwhelming because I just had this crazy life-changing experience where like my little tiny bubble got fractured, you know? And there was this uh, country club I used to work at called San Ron Golf Course. And we used to sneak in there and sit under the gazebo and drink beers. And I, I found myself just back with the same people drinking like Bud Lights. And nothing had changed for them. You know, they were still thinking and doing the same things that they were doing before. But for me, everything had changed. And so I have this whole yeah. new perspective. And I find that that that's more what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily that when I go back home, people are in the same place because, you know, like there's neighborhoods all over that, all over the country that people are born in and they live in and that's great. But like, it's just more so when you get insulated around those groups of people and nobody really challenges you or challenges your ideas or challenges like um, the progress or lack of progress that you're making that I get kind of freaked out because for me, I'm always being challenged so much that every day my perspectives are like being broken and I'm constantly like reevaluating things. And then I go back with these people that, uh, that don't have that experience and everything is, is the same. And it's just really tough for me to relate because like, what do you have to talk about? Yeah. They have the same things to talk about, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy because I I didn't choose to leave where I live. Yeah. And if I didn't, if I wasn't like kicked out of where, (laughs) of the state of Connecticut (laughs) and and got the opportunity to come and move to Florida, I don't know if I would have ever left. Uh Because you just, like you said, you just get so comfortable. You know everything, you know everybody, you know your city, you know how to get around, everything like that. And I think it takes like not a traumatic experience, but it takes like a real like leap of faith kind of mm-hmm. like crazy out of the box move for most people to like get out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And it just takes that one time to realize that like it's going to be okay where it, like it'll work out and you get to kind of spread your wings. Because I, I mean, I spreading my wings was really scary. Yeah, it's you know terrifying. I mean? Especially the first time you do it. Oh, yeah. It was awful. It who was do you really, really awful. What or who or... Give me like a specific instance where you can remember being really, really challenged, but coming out the other end of it and thinking to yourself like, okay, I didn't die. Challenged in what respect? In any way. In any way. In like your life, in your thoughts, in maybe like a workout, in some big change that you made in your life. Um, Gotta get close to the mic, dude. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I remember one of the times that like I uh, when I first started, you know, working out again, trying to get in shape and do my thing and, and everything like that. My buddy Mike and my buddy Dave, I used to play soccer when I was a kid mm-hmm. and they uh, they invited me out to play soccer. And I was just so terrified to like get back out there because I was so out of shape and like everything like that. And I went out there and it was really a nice experience for me because I realized I could, even though I was grossly out of shape and, and haven't played in years, I still had it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I still was able to kind of do my thing and I still had it. And that was a big thing, overcoming that fear of being judged. That's probably the biggest thing that I have to deal with. You know what I mean? Is like being judged mm-hmm. and like getting over like what people are going to think about me trying to do something or what are people going to say about me trying to do something. That surprises um, me so much. Why? I never thought you in that way. I always thought of myself a little bit more like, uh, 
No, I'm really good at I'm really good at hiding how it is. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at like putting on the like I'm fine, yeah. but inside I'm just like ah, it's like this is horrible. And my wife tells me all the time. She's just like, you know, you never seem like you're upset or you're like depressed or like you're upset. I'm just like, no, I just. I just don't let you know that I'm feeling <laughs> well, that way. Why would you? <laughs> you know, like I just don't let others know that I'm feeling that way because I just try to be like even keel and collected and stuff. Uh-huh. But like that doesn't mean that my brain stops working. My brain is the same insecure brain that everybody else has. You know what I mean? I just learned to deal with it. You mm-hmm. know? So that's always a big hump for me is like getting over the like. I wonder what how I'm gonna look doing this. I wonder what people are gonna like. What's the reaction gonna be to what I'm doing? Like that type of stuff. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, that was a big one. I'm trying to think of other things. Like I can remember the first time I like got my own apartment. Like that was a big thing. Like being able to like handle like you know it seems like really like basic life stuff, but like being able like living the first time like I lived on my own. Yeah. And, and meaning like not with like roommates or anything. Like I lived by myself. I had mm-hmm. an apartment by myself for like two years. And like, how I, how was I going to do that? Mm-hmm. And that was like the two years where, like I said, I started turning my life around. I started getting in shape. I got a better job. I started like working more on my sobriety. I started like it, changing the group of people I was hanging out with and, you know, going to a new group and, you know, trying to find like-minded people who would push me and challenge me and stuff like that. And it actually was probably, I would say that was the biggest thing that I challenged that I had that I came out on the other side was that first living on my own. It was mm-hmm. all on me. The bills were all on me. The money was all on me. The mm-hmm. house was all on me. Everything was me, myself, and I. And I I really buckled down. And like you said, we were. I was put in a position where like a high-stress position that I needed to function in. And it was one of those things that I was mentioning earlier that like you got to get kind of thrown into the fire sometimes to come out on the other side, you know? Oh, man, I, I totally agree. I think that because just like you said, I'm, believe it or not, pretty, like, critical of myself, you know? In your own head, you're never really doing that good. Yeah. But if there's something that, like, I can be self-aware at and give myself, like, a pretty solid grade, I've always been willing to put myself in positions where, like, failing would have really, really serious consequences. Yeah. You know? Where, like, you just... Because it's almost like you have no choice. I mean, I don't know if you ever read... uh, the Art of War by Sun Tzu, but he talks about um, an instance where if you're really outmatched, the best thing you can do is put your army, back them in a corner so that either they win or they die. And it's it's kind of one of those things where like if you don't figure out how to survive in this situation or how to get out of it or how to succeed, um, you have like a real, real problem. I remember uh, the first time I quit the job working when I was selling medical supplies and kind of went out on my own. Like you just have no choice but to figure it out because that was when you were living with a plan with, uh, with turtle with totes. Yeah. With turtle. That's a good example of like a friend when you were saying like, you know, like friends, you know, move away or, you know, just cause they're not close. Like, you know what I mean? That's totes. Shout out to totes. I haven't I still talked to him, to him. In so long. I know. Yeah. I send him a, uh, I'll send him little videos every now and then. Yeah. I'm just saying hi and telling him how beautiful he is. What a good guy. I know. He's the greatest. And then the funny thing is that when I when I took that first leap, I kind of failed. I mean, not kind of failed. I definitely failed. And I was kind of dead broke again, and I was back to eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and that's when I got that job um, working for that other SEO company. Can I ask you a question? Please. Peanut butter and jellies are delicious. Mm-hmm. Do you think that peanut butter, like a, if I came in here today, sitting in your office at your company and you're riding an electric skateboard to work, like if I came in with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you would just be like, yo, I love peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Thank you. But when you go home and you're dead broke and everything like that and you go home and make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're just kind of like uh, you struggle know? sandwich. Do you think that... The peanut butter jelly being the official sandwich of struggle <laughs> makes peanut butter and jellies taste that much better when you're not struggling. They might. They really. Do you might. know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying, but I, 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 I take that it. back. The number one struggle sandwich is bologna and cheese. Yeah. See. Okay. 
there's something about a PB and J that's really close to my heart that I've never had that like resentment towards. Okay. You know, like a bologna and cheese sandwich. I'm like, oh, like really? I'm just doing this again. What I got to do to survive? But I'll eat, I'll eat PB and J's if I'm filthy rich or dead broke. They're just the perfect. It's the perfect sandwich, especially with some chocolate milk. Oh man, are you kidding me? It's like breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, it's delicious, midnight snack. But for me, it was just like I eat, like when I was broke, I would eat like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, like Tom for ramen, like, uh, and I'm like staring over at at Zach's desk right now, and there's like a top ramen that has no English written on it. Well, and it's just like, oh my god, I want that ramen. Okay. Listen to what Brian that. is doing, Brian and sam the kid that works over in the other office yeah they're starting a youtube channel where they're ordering different emrs i think they're called like the ration meals that they give out and like the marines okay i think they're like dried and they taste really terrible and they're gonna start videotaping themselves eating awful food (laughs) but those look delicious they're not delicious and you want to know why because it's candy it's like marshmallow no. candy. Stop. Ramen. That's top ramen for sure. No, they or they custom ordered it from like China or some shit. That's why it's got Chinese on it. Hold on. I'll go get it. It's ca- it's yeah. candy. Oh my God. I was so wrong. Well, for, I mean, in my defense, there is a big bowl of ramen on the front package of it. But once you get up close to it, it is it ramen terrible. shaped candy, like egg shaped candy. Yeah, it's terrible. Apparently, they ate one of them already. But yeah, that's their that's their idea. <laughs> They're starting a YouTube channel. America. Of them eating, yeah. eating gross stuff. Yeah. It's funny that we would go over to like China, Japan, Asia, places like that and like find weird ass things that they eat and call it disgusting. I know. And they would come over here and eat the food that we eat literally that's every so day. That's so funny because that's what we talked it. about last time. Oh, on that note though, I loved that Instagram that you sent me with Tim Kennedy. Hold on. Let me find that out. Oh, where he's, just, he's carrying 60 pounds of backstrap piece by piece up yes, a mountain back to his house. By himself. So what was it? It was like eight. It was like eighty pound pieces, and there was six hundred total pounds. I think it was. Mm-hmm. See, because I've never hunted, I've never killed anything. Um, I would feel weird killing stuff. However, if I were gonna go out and kill something, and I, I just feel like that gives you a real appreciation for your food. You know, when like Agreed. you go out and you literally take a life so that you can support your own life and probably most likely your family's life, you know? But, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, what, why Tim Kennedy does it and what he says, why the reason why he does is because he doesn't want anything in his food. Yeah. So I have he the Instagram post right here. And this kind of goes a little bit more on what we talked about last podcast. By the way, Tim Kennedy is, um, an MMA fighter. He's also like a, uh, a ranger i think he's like a special the most american yeah, motherfucker in the dude. planet okay so anyway it's a picture of him with like a hundred pounds of loin maybe that is on his back it says i care about my food i care about what i put into my body i've never done any drugs of any kind no recreational drugs no performance enhancing drugs just good old food from god's green earth occupationally i have a socially I have occasionally had limited choices because <laughs> uh, remember he said occupationally he's an army ranger I think sometimes surviving off the contents of a brown plastic bag an MRE but I never forgot what real food was and how important it is we as a nation are poisoning ourselves national average of nearly 40% obesity I'm begging people to fight for their own freedom to understand what individual responsibility means but they don't even have the discipline to make a plate of reasonable food we have to wake up. I can't begin to explain how fulfilling it is when you taste real food again. When you pull something out of the ground, rinse the dirt off, and your taste buds don't even know what to do. I am packing out two back straps draped across my shoulders and a backpack full of neck meat. Accumulatively, 400 pounds of meat carried out in six trips. We are what we eat, and we have been eating shit. Join the real resistance and make America strong again. Like, that's cool, man. I I wish I could do that. I would like that experience to kill something 
and you know actually have you ever eaten like game meat yeah okay a few times yeah but i I don't know i just I, i i heard this guy richie interview once and he was talking about having ownership of your life and the example that he used was just dressing how like he dresses deliberately now like he he takes control and ownership of the things that he puts on his body and then he talked about like that mindset being way more than just his clothes he talked about it being you know like the things that you eat as well like what are you taking ownership of what you eat like do you know where it came from did you actually prepare it and i just think that that's like the truest form of taking ownership is going out working for it like having the audacity to take a life and in doing so providing for yourself and your family and not just providing like the most nutrient dense food that you could get and i don't want to i mean we can i don't really care i know that we got into this conversation last time we were doing the podcast but it's just something that's been on my mind a whole lot and it's funny how it comes back around because that text message that you and i went through I was saying that like you're a real inspiration to me um, because of like the self-discipline that I've seen you take and the commitment that you've had. And uh, I'm just really on that. I'm just really on that stuff right now. Yeah, me too. It's But the thing is, it's like we could talk about it for hours because we're friends. Yeah, we are at the same level and Mm -hmm. we like the same stuff. And you're one of the few people that I've. I don't want to say kept around, but you're one of the few people that have stepped up with me As we through like the, embarked. you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though for four or five years, I knew you were doing cool shit, but nobody knew what the fuck you were doing. <laughs> um, Tim was just like doing, com- <laughs> we teased him a lot because he, he would, <laughs> he was just doing a lot of like internet work and coding and websites and just code. Or, no coding, whatever. I can't code. Um, but he was doing all of this stuff and we were just like, Tim, what are you doing? He tried to explain it. I'd be like, dude, I don't even, do you even know what you're doing? He'd be like, yeah, I know. And then just one day he just started you know, to make here. sense, right? Started, <laughs> started to make sense, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've noticed a big change in my life surrounding myself with people who are not afraid to tell me to go fuck myself. And just, and that's a huge thing for me. It's just like, cause I like to. I'm like outspoken and I'm, you know, I'm outgoing and like, I'd like to, you know, be the center of attention. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, what I like to do. And mm-hmm. when I surround myself with people who are okay with that, not that that's a, a bad thing, but when I'm okay with, you know, around people that just are, that's okay for them. And I don't want to say they're followers, but for lack of a better term, you know, leaders and followers, they're Mm -hmm. followers. I'm the leader. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to surround myself with other leaders. You know what I mean? Like all my friends today have no problem calling me and be like, Hey Colin, you know, just letting you know that, um, you know, I didn't see at a meeting this week. Like, Mm-hmm. fuck is wrong with you get it together yeah or like my buddy matt like calls me i uh, calls me out not frequently but you know what i mean like i've been that's one thing i've been trying to work on the last couple months is like if i even say i'm gonna do something or like yeah i might be there or you know i give any inkling of you know m- the possibility of me doing something like i need to do that showing you know up. and in the uh, reverse end of that is don't be afraid to say no absolutely man you know what i mean because there's a lot of times that i just don't want to say fuck that. No, I don't want to do that. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. You know what I mean? And I'll just be like, Oh baby. And then, you know, that gives them the hope that I'm going to show up or do what I say I'm going to do. And then I don't, and I'm just like, I never told you I was. And they were just like, "Eh, kind of, you know what I mean? So I've been trying to be really definitive with the people in my life and just saying, you know, like, no, Mm -hmm. I will not do that. Yes, I will do that. I'm going to put it in my calendar so I don't forget. Like, you know what I mean? And that's Matt's really helped me out with that because he just he he holds me accountable. You know what I mean? And those are all of the people that I have in my life. Something else that I've found myself doing a lot better at is not getting really defensive if somebody like tells me something that I don't want to hear. I've always been pretty defensive if somebody says I'm not doing a good job or like, hey, what are you up to? Or, hey, you need to step it up. Like my initial reaction is to be like me, like, don't worry about me. Look at what you're doing. But now it's kind of just like having the open mindedness to take outside criticism and not take it as like a personal dig, but a way that it can actually kind of improve me. Because I know what you mean where you say maybe a lot because it gives you like an easy out. 
you know if yeah. you don't want to go somewhere it's like uh like maybe I'll, I'll i'll think about it like hopefully i'll see you there and cutting those kind of excuses out of my life has and well it's it's obviously made things better but it's like you were saying before where i don't want to like upset people by saying no yeah. you know it's like you're almost kind of afraid to to hurt somebody's feelings but the reality is it's a lot better to say no and be clear about your intentions than it is to say yes and like potentially not show up oh a hundred percent a hundred percent and you were talking about um getting defensive you know like you were talking about uh i, I, I sorry I, I when i get defensive is when i know that they're right yeah and when and that I sucks. and when I don't get if uh, when I'm not defensive, uh-huh. it's just I just say fuck you, uh-huh. like that's not true. Uh, why do I need to get defensive about that? You know, yeah, exactly. Because it's like, why would I get feel... myself worked up over something that's not true? I don't care. You know, I, it's so weird how that works too, right? Because if you just know in your heart that like what somebody says either isn't accurate or like it's not like a representation of of what is actually happening. Yeah, like if somebody says you should be doing better at this, and you know it's like I'm doing my absolute best. And that's just not true. Yeah. You don't feel the need to explain to them why they're wrong. You're just perfectly content with knowing in your heart that like I'm doing my best and you're just wrong. So you don't need to flip out about it. Exactly. <laughs> but like when you get super defensive is always a time where exactly. like 15 minutes later, you're like, man, I feel kind of stupid. I just cursed that person out for no reason. And now I feel like an idiot and everybody knows that. That was 100%. Right. <laughs> yeah. And everybody knows. Yeah. How dare you tell me exactly what I am? Let me. One other thing, too. Do you think as we've gotten older and have kind of been on this journey a little bit, I know, well, I shouldn't say I know, but I like associate myself with a lot less people than ever. I think I probably talk to, I mean, aside the people in my company. Yeah. I think I probably talk to like eight people on a regular basis and like excluding my family yeah no absolutely do you think that's like beneficial or do you think it's better to know a lot of people i think it's necessary because what you said earlier was that it's ruthless like cutting people out of your life and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and this might sound fucked up this might sound you might not agree with what i'm about to say but you know friendships and relationships are two-sided streets if i'm not getting from you what i need from you Mm -hmm. in a supportive from a supportive standpoint um from a love or a caring standpoint Mm -hmm. or just someone who's being a good friend or being there for you or things like that like if i'm not getting that from you and i'm giving that to you then what is this you know, of course, there's sometimes where, you know, Tim might be having a hard time and like I got to be there for Tim, you know, um, more than Tim can be there for me. But that's just part of being it. But there's like a give and a take in a relationship. And mm-hmm. there's if there's more give than there is take, like why? It's usually yeah. that when I look at those relationships, I find that I'm insecure and I just want people in my life. And the reason why I'm keeping this person around is because like I feel good like having another friend. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair to me and that's not fair to them either. You know, and what you were saying is keeping a small circle, you know, with going back to what I just said, it's just like if I'm expecting that in my relationships where it's a give and a take, like I only have so much give to give. Yeah. To give. So in order for me to give what I expect to get back to people, I have to have a close circle of people in my life. Mm-hmm. I have to have a very small circle of people in my life because if I want the same level of support that i expect from others i have to be willing to give it and i can't do that for everybody i never heard it explained that way that kind of reminds me of uh yeah i I really like that that was like this other learning experience i've had in the last couple months where my focus i intentionally and i even kind of wrote an article about it to make a deal with myself but i intentionally took like three different goals and projects that I have going on in here. And I said, I'm only going to focus on this because you're like, it's better to have like one really sharp sword, right? Than it is to have like three or four swords that don't work. Cause what's the difference? You can't cut anything anyway. Exactly. And I think it's the same with Jack with of all friendship. trades, master of none. Yeah. But I think it's, it's better to like how you were saying with, relationships like you have more time 
and more energy to focus on a few really, really solid relationships as opposed to just being spread out to a bunch of like, okay, service level relationships where you don't necessarily have it in you to keep up with them all. I 100% agree with what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and that's just the, that's just the way I look at it. Yeah, but I think that's I think I think that's probably the way to do it for everybody. I think some people maybe are like a little bit more socialites and know a lot of people, but there's only so Oh, I mean much. the level the level of what you have to give other people like and, and that's why it's kind of like a sliding scale. If you're not expecting shit back from anybody else and you are going to give them the same treatment that they're giving you, like by all means have 250 friends. Yeah. But those aren't the relationships that I want in my life. I want mm-hmm. them to have meaning. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't... There's some people that I just like, you know, if something happens to somebody and I don't like get like a feeling about it, I don't want it to sound like I'm like cold or anything like that, but... yeah. You know, it's just like I, if I if it doesn't bring out emotion in me, like well, I, well, I don't really care. You know what I mean? And then there's some people that like could move me to tears if if the if something ever happened right, to them. You know, so if you want to, you know, if you want to, if you want to have 250 friends, just be ready to like. If you really, really need somebody, don't be pissed when a lot of them don't show up for you because mm. you would you show up for them. You can't expect somebody if you, uh, you know what I mean? You can't expect somebody. That's why I keep such a close circle like you. Like, you know what I mean? The the guys that I play soccer with, yeah. my wife, you, a couple of people that I work with, a couple of friends that I've had for a really, really long time, you know, stuff like that. I keep those people close. You know what I mean? Because I know that the circle of friends that I have, if I called them and told them I need them, they'd be here. And I think, I think that, they respect you enough to tell you if you're falling short on something because that's really what it is like if if you see somebody walking down the street or you if if let's say one of those 250 friends in the same way that i wouldn't expect them to be there for me like i wouldn't expect myself to go out of my way to let that person know if you know, they're screwing up somewhere or they're being a jerk or, you know, maybe they're not giving it their all. And it's, it's almost like the right to tell somebody the truth about their actions is kind of earned, you know, like, I feel like you have to earn that relationship where like you have this mutually beneficial, like, Hey, Colin, you're not, you're not doing what you should be doing right now. And for me to be receptive, to hear that from you, you have to earn that from each other. And yeah, I, I agree to a certain extent. Yeah. You have to kind of earn that respect to be able to call somebody out on something, you know, but just to, you know, I hate, not that I hate going there, but you know, like in like a meeting or what, you know, when I'm going to a meeting or, or, you know, like my, I go to a meeting on Friday nights or excuse me, Saturday afternoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, heard a lot of great stuff in those meetings and a lot of the stuff I've heard has been from people with lots of time. People have been around for a lot, like well-standing members of the community. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that I've learned from people that have greatly impacted my life over the last couple of months that when they started talking and opening their mouth, I was just like, fuck this person. I fucking hate this person. <laughs> wow, you know? Colin. Like, I've never met this person. And just like, you know, like, I, I'm not a saint. Like, there's just some people that you see and you're just like, I don't like you. Uh-huh. I just don't like the way you carry yourself. I don't like the what you're doing, everything like that. And they open their mouth and you're just like, shut off time. Pick up the cell phone. Let's see what's going on on yeah. ESPN. And then they start talking and you're just like, holy shit, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know? So sometimes it's from like weird places. You know, sometimes it's where you're getting what you need yeah i mean the met just because you don't like you know the messenger doesn't mean that the message is any less impactful or important yeah i see what you're saying where you know it's not necessarily it has to be somebody that you have like this bond with as long as you're open-minded who knows where you're gonna get it from yeah i definitely see what you're saying I've, i've had a couple Moments like that. I heard this guy say to me, I've never met him. I don't know anything about him. But years and years ago, I heard him say, remember what you have. You have the keys to the kingdom. And him saying that always stuck with me. Where it was one of the first times where I kind of like gave myself permission to like do my best. You know, because I think I was probably scared. Because I I, I didn't know if I deserved it. You know, if I didn't know if like I was worthy 
of having a great life and to hear him say that was the first time I was like wow like I have the keys to the kingdom and I can do what I want you know and I still have no idea who this guy is yeah I no I've had the same it. experience with that I remember the, like one of the ones that I always go to um was this this drunk guy was sharing at a meeting one time and I, I don't know now that I've gotten like when I was early in sobriety I'd just be like what is this drunk person like what what's going on and mm. then you know after a while I started to realize just be like if you're a drunk or an, an alcoholic or a drug addict and you're in a meeting and you're, you're messed up. That's like where you're supposed to go. <laughs> so it's just kind of like you idiot, like your perspective is totally screwed. You know uh-huh. what I mean? But this, this was like early on in my sobriety and this drunk guy was in a meeting and he started opening his mouth and you could barely understand what he was saying. I was just like, here we go. Like, what, what is he going to say? Like, I don't want to listen to this. And he said something that stuck with me for years. And it was that, you know, he said, you know, someone told me that God, um, will never give me or never hand me anything that I can't handle, mm-hmm. but he will hand me some heavy shit from time to time, yeah. you know? And that always stuck with me. It was just kind of like, you know, it just, for some reason that stuck with me, you know, God will never give you anything you can't handle, but he will hand you heavy shit from time to time. And that's the truth, you know, it's like it's the total truth. And I never heard it explained that way ever in this mm-hmm. drunk guy, you know, don't know who he is. It could be dead, could be alive, could be at this point, five, six, seven years sober, like it wow. could be any of those things. You know what I mean? But that was a very impactful moment of my I life. I heard it. All right. Before we wrap this up, Colin, when are you starting your uh, your nutrition business? Never. <laughs> not <laughs> Why? Right now. Not right now. Not Maybe not never. I don't, I don't want to say never. Because I, I have a very, very great job and career and i work for an amazing place with amazing people well i'm not telling you to quit your job well the the the, my job requires a level of dedication that would prevent me from doing that full time but there's some things you don't have like an hour a day uh, there's there's some things in the works with the wife that we're discussing and talking over and things like that when you're ready when i when i'm when we are good and ready You'll come on here and you'll tell everybody we about will. it. We will. Like I said, we've wanted a pig for a year and I just <laughs> walked in here and you're like, I got a baby pig. You want to so, go see it? Who knows? I, I, I might. Juliana just sent me a video of it. Tell her to come here with the pig. No, she can't do that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, come on. No, you know what? We'll make this quick. All right, guys. Well, We're no, gonna... I mean, if, if, uh, if we got to figure it out, here's, here's a pig related question. We're talking about Tim Kennedy and killing your own food and everything like that. And this is a, like an ongoing question that I've had with my wife. Just like, so we're going to have a farm, correct? I know what you're going to say already. So like, you know, you know, piglet dies. <laughs> Do you eat him? Are you going to eat him? I, I don't know. I, I can tell you this. One of the very first things that came to my head when I was playing with this pig is, oh, my God, I can never eat bacon again. And I'm being dead serious. It's one of the first thoughts that I had. Yeah. And honestly, my view on bacon in particular has really changed over the last couple of years. I've eaten it a lot less simply because of how intelligent pigs are. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily an intelligence thing. It's more of like a suffering thing because... I don't know if there's any science behind Listen, it. Listen, I'm not a, I'm not like a, like a PETA guy. Like, me of neither. course I do not support animal cruelty or anything like yeah, that. Um, but just like, they're so smart and they're so loving and, and you affectionate. Can tell they feel it. That's like, have you I'm seen those say. videos of when, in like the slaughterhouses, when they take like the babies from the cow, like the, the baby cows from the moms and, they freak and out. the cow moms like cry for days days and some of them like die before they even get slaughtered because they're just so heartbroken really no i haven't seen that i'm not ready to watch the cows don't ever (laughs) it's horrible and it's just like you know there's it and it's and they're just like crying and you just hear the noise and you're just like that is what pain sounds like yeah and you know they feel it you know they feel it so like Listen, I'm not, like I said, I had a steak earlier this week, so mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm like that, but like, if that doesn't make you feel something, I'm not saying to go vegan or anything like that, but just like Tim Kennedy said, you know, Tim Kennedy is a green beret sniper. Yeah. Tim Kennedy could put a bullet through this office right now in from the parking lot and, and I would no be dead as know. a doornail and no <laughs> yeah. one would know. Yeah. Tim Kennedy went out and he used a military sniper rifle, I'm sure, to put a perfect kill shot on an animal, Mm -hmm. put it out of its misery, and he, like, kind of, like, did what's right and, like, butchered the animal himself, and he's going to eat every last drop of that animal. Yeah. 
I think that's that's really dope. Cool. It's really cool. I wish I could do that, but like the thing that comes where I go back and forth in my head is that like say what you want about it. If if we there's there would not be enough food to feed everybody. Like it's just, especially all of these fat oh Americans. Forty percent obesity rate. You know what? We can't even get into that. Um, come see the pig. Okay. Okay. I will. I have to call my wife. Tell her to come meet me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, do me a favor. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Please, if you could leave me a rating. I know I've explained it a few times. The Apple iTunes algorithm is really strange. And basically, uh, the subscribers and the ratings is the only thing that really matters. So if you want to support the show, uh, that's the best way to do it. I really appreciate it. Uh, I have a ton of cool stuff being announced this week on timstods.com. I got um, a, a lot of my products and services basically ready to launch. And uh, Stodzy Themes is up and going. If What's you need a Stodzy's Themes? It's a uh, an idea that I had where for small businesses, if you want to make a website, you either need to hire like an agency like me okay. to build like a custom $5,000 website or you need to go to like Squarespace and Wix and yeah. just build kind of like one that's not that good. So we made a bunch of themes that are pretty much pre-made websites that you can just download and upload onto the World Wide Web to have your own website. But since we wrote the code... No one said World Wide Web since at least 2004. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that the came world, from. The World Wide the world Web. HTTP dot dot slash slash www. Yeah. So uh, so we put all these themes together. So well, that's that cool. That's a, really interesting, that's a really interesting idea. I'm excited about it. Uh, we're working with Danny Donovan from D Squared. Oh, okay. Yeah, on that. You ever meet Danny? I think so. He's cool. He fosters like 10 pit bulls at a time. Well, he hasn't courted the market on pigs, has he? No, he has not. Good. <laughs> All right, guys. TimStods.com. Appreciate you. If you ever need me, send me an email, Tim at Stodzy.com. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Colin. We're going to go name this pig now. All right. <laughs> See you, guys. <laughs>